It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf, basketball, baseball guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, here we go, Uncle Dave. NBA tipped off last night. We have a uh, full slate of baseball. We got a full slate of basketball. We got our golf going. I think we have hockey tomorrow. So uh, everything that we had hoped for is here. We finally got sports back. Uncle Dave, I want to talk about NBA here. I want to I want to hit that early game. We're going to do that one last. I want to talk a couple of baseball games that are on slate for today. We do have some breaking news that we want to get to. But I want to go ahead and give a brief recap, Uncle Dave, of the golf tournament that we ended up talking about the other day, the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. We have some guys that are that are looking decent. We have some guys that are not. But we just wanted to go ahead and update you guys how we're doing. Uncle Dave, I know you've been knee-deep watching the golf and, and following all your guys. How's everything looking so far for you today? Because yesterday I looked at uh, two of the two of the plays that I gave out, first-round leaders, no dice. They were long shots, like 90-1. to one. But I noticed uh, one of the guys I was really confident in is pulling up the rear right now in the second round as Bello is dead last at plus six. So I'm hanging my head, but I do have a couple of tickets that are still live and well. How are you looking so far for today? Uh, feast or famine. You know, I really like Xander to win. And he shot a 200 yesterday, which all things considered wasn't bad. But as we're taping this, he's already four over for three holes. So. You know, there, there goes that one most likely. You know, I've got um, – I, I don't have Brooks Kepka. I've been on Brandon Todd. He's second right now, and I didn't this week. Ricky's third. I have him in some, some top 20s, I think. Um, I faded Kucher in a head-to-head, and he's five under. But, you know, Jason Day has given me hope. Uh, uh, Victor Hovland was giving me hope, but he's going back and forth. Uh, Webb is hopeful, but – you know, I'm, I'm not looking as solid here at, at uh, early Friday as I have the last few early Fridays. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's tough. I mean, you know, when you look and you see your guy uh, bringing up the rear, and, you know, that's not cool, but a guy like Cantlay is is uh, not far behind him. And, and there's some good golfers having bad rounds uh, and bad rounds and a half. So you have Paul Casey was one of the favorites. Adam Hagwood is finally starting to pick it up. But, you know, it seems like those guys doing really well or really bad. Most of mine tend to be somewhere in the middle so far, hopefully. Cross my fingers that maybe maybe Patrick Reed or, or Jason Day would probably be my, the great white Australian shark hope right now. You know, one of the things I noticed, Uncle Dave, is it seems like at least in, in this particular tournament, at least through the first day, um, that, that there's a lot of golfers that are having like those Jekyll and Hyde holes where, you know, maybe they'll go on like a four, four hole run there. And then, you know, they, they, they turn around and it's like, well, you know, where did that golf come from? So it, it, it just seems like it's a little crazy. So, you know, maybe if, if some of these guys can go ahead and smooth out their game, you know, those guys who aren't doing so well for us, uh, maybe they'll catch up to the guys, you know, that, that actually are doing well for us. Or, or uh, Ches Reeby that we talked about, he's doing rather well, and I still got that head-to-head uh, with Phil and Bubba Watson. Those guys are only like a stroke stroke away from each other. So at least we got some guys in the hunt, and uh, we, we, we don't hang our head because we've actually done quite well with our golf stuff. But I just wanted to touch on that for a minute there, Uncle Dave. 
I want to swing over to Major League Baseball. We will get to the early NBA game today. We're going to go ahead. We're going to talk Nets magic. But there is breaking news right now out of Major League Baseball. The St. Louis Cardinals and Milwaukee Brewer game is going to be postponed for today due to the coronavirus. Uncle Dave and I actually, we were going to go ahead and preview that game because we wanted to give you guys some early action to go ahead and, and go ahead and take advantage of for today. But Uncle Dave, I know that this is not one of your favorite topics when it comes to any type of sports where games are canceled because of COVID. You know, what's your first reaction when you saw that? How do you feel? And what do you think that might end up happening with that series? Is it going to end up being that we see a bunch of double headers and, and probably, you know, two series is off here, at least for the Cardinals right now? I don't know. I think they're going to probably postpone the whole series. You know, it's a little bit disheartening. They've uh, they've already postponed 30 games, and we're, what, you know, a week-ish into the season. You know, that's not cool. I think, I think what concerns me most about baseball there is the Cardinals didn't play yesterday, and I think, uh, you know, they're in Minnesota. So they must have picked something up in Minnesota, so you got to wonder. You know, I'm sure they're feverishly testing the Twins and whatnot today. I don't know. They've... They postponed a lot of games out of caution. I get it. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I saw that postponed when you had texted me, and I was like, you know, I, I think you said postponed rain. I said, oh, wait a minute. The Brewers have a dome. It can't be. And I had checked the weather earlier. It was supposed to be nice, and my worst fears were materialized. So, you know, we don't know how many players on St. Louis, you know, where it came from. But it, it's not a good thing. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just hopeful that, that we can stem this, you know. I've I've been one of the the optimistic ones that says, you know, they'll they'll figure it out. And you know, even after Miami had all their issues, I was, you know, they'll figure it out. And I and I get postponing all the Phillies games, and and then and then and then this, and and now I'm 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 still cautiously optimistic, but it's it's definitely, you know, on, on one hand, it's surprising because they should know better. Uh, we don't know how they picked it up. On, on another hand, I guess I, I shouldn't be surprised. So, you know, it is what it is. And, and uh, you know, I think the thing that you and I were talking, you know, let's assume they do find a way to play, you know, most of the season and most of the games, you know, how, how books handle tickets. I mean, that's a, that's a real Pandora's box right there. You know, when we talk about the tickets and we talk about the books, I think there's going to be – I think the books are gonna are probably gonna realize, Uncle Dave, that they're gonna be under a spotlight when it comes to a lot of these wagers. We understand that they're word in, in in specific where you know it's like player has to play forty games. But one of the situations that the books are gonna be stuck into is, you know, you're gonna have a team like, you know, let's throw the Cardinals in there right now, and the Phillies and the Marlins, you know, that they're gonna end up having to play a ton of double headers where they're gonna end up in seven inning games. Well, if you put Bryce Harper in his, you know, his season total for home runs under, well, you know, they're assuming that at a minimum, he's going to play 40 games. At least you have to play for you to cash that ticket, but they're probably banking on that guy playing the entire season, but just, just throws another wrench into, you know, where the verbiage with the sports books might not be, you know, I mean, I don't think that they foreseen, you know, double headers being seven in. So it changes up a lot. And, you know, if you're going to end up taking, you know, 16, 20, God knows how many innings away, they're going to be like, you know what, we're getting screwed here because all these underbetters are betting under, under, under 
And it seems like like the books are going to end up getting screwed with all these teams who end up with these, you know, short and double header seasons, somebody like the Phillies. So you just got to wonder. I would say, you know, keep an eye out. But I do think that the books are going to probably go ahead and there will be some tickets canceled. And, and I don't think it will be. I would say the American sports books are probably going to be the ones that that try to take care of their people. But, you know, if you have any any offshore wagers out there, at least it's just my thinking this way that I'm thinking about it, you know, that just be prepared to get screwed in some type of way because, you know, there, there's nothing that you can do really about that. So it's just something to go ahead and consider. But my gut feeling, Uncle Dave says that if they were in Minnesota, that there's a pretty decent chance i'm going to say 50 50 right now that that cleveland minnesota series gets canceled what do you think about that well i think you're probably right you know and and uh i'm just reading as we're taping this trying to stay up to date and it actually said the cardinals have positive tests with an s plural Uh, it doesn't say how many but it's not just one you know i don't know i would I would be surprised, honestly, if they didn't cancel that uh, twin series unless they can pinpoint uh, within about three hours from now uh, where that might have come from, which would be, you know, obviously ridiculously hard. So, you know, I got to believe they probably postpone that series. I mean, I have to think that, you know, maybe, of course, I remember the, the Marlins took a vote whether they should or shouldn't play. Uh, and they chose to play, but you know, you know. Now, if I'm Cleveland, uh, does Cleveland now say we don't want to play? You know. On the other hand, maybe if I'm Cleveland, I do want to play tonight because they got Clevenger against Dobnak, and that may be their most favorable pitching matchup. So I don't know. There's a lot going into it, and and uh, I'm not a decision maker, but I have to believe that Cleveland, if they have any say, probably will say we don't want to play. And, you know, Uncle Dave, this is a, a situation that none of us are used to. I mean, we've never seen anything like this before. We don't know how, you know, that the MLB is going to go ahead and handle this entire situation. But I think as time goes on, we're actually going to get pretty comfortable with this situation because it's going to happen time and time again. Now, I think the big thing that we need to consider here, Uncle Dave, is that if this snowballs, it's, it's going to derail the season. But if we see, you know, we, we already saw them kind of take care of the Marlins situation to an extent, take care of the Philly situation. Now we have this situation. But I think the Marlins and Phillies are going to eventually start playing baseball here soon. That if we end up with gaps in between these outbreaks, I think the season will be okay. I think they'll be able to get those double headers in and everything will go well. But if we end up with, you know, where it turns out Minnesota has 10 cases today and it's like, boom, there goes another outbreak with another team, and, and it just turns into this snowball event where, where they have to cancel six games a day, you know, or have teams not playing for, you know, a week or two. Like, you know, it then, then it becomes a real problem. So let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that, you know, everybody stays happy and healthy and, uh, you know, they avoid the whole coronavirus, at least, you know, at least in a snowball event right now for Major League Baseball. But we do have games today, Uncle Dave that we're going to go ahead and talk about and preview. I want to go back to, let's go back to last week, Uncle Dave. I know that you had a total of the week on the Mets in Atlanta. And I'll tell you a brief story. I knew that you liked that game, and I knew you liked the over in that one. And I, I liked it a lot with you, too. I was just like, there's no way 
that Porcello is going to go out there and pitch well. I didn't realize how bad Newcomb was either. And you cashed that one rather easily. And I was going to play the same game, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to piggyback on Uncle Dave and end up playing the same play that day, you know, for work purposes. And then I, I told myself that night and the next morning, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. So here's my thinking, Uncle Dave. The Mets in Atlanta are going on the hill today. Porcello is going to take the mound for the Mets. Newcomb will be on the mound. So it's like we have a repeat from last week. Totals at ten and a half. Now I think when you go ahead, I think when you jumped on that one last week, it was nine and a half. Now Atlanta's going to be a home favorite here, minus one thirty-two. I don't know how the hell you you take the under in this one, Uncle Dave. That number's gone up, but I just don't know how you can possibly take an under. But with all that information I just threw at you, what are you thinking about that game? What do you think about my thought of uh, you know, not 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 sitting on the sidelines when we agree? Well, I don't think you should sit on the sidelines when we agree. And for that reason, you know, if if uh, if you agree with me and you are on the fence and you, and, and you go ahead and take it and you lose, you can just blame me. I mean, that's what everybody else does. So I'm like super used to that. So so please go ahead and do that. You know, before we go into that, I, I, I just had a thought, too, about this COVID stuff. You know, I think it goes beyond baseball. You know, you know, there were a lot of players in the NFL that opted out, um, I think like six on the Patriots this week. And I almost think that because it's breaking out in baseball, you know, the NFL is technically, you know, five-ish weeks away from, from opening day. And I have to think that there's a lot of NFL players that may have been on the fence and were probably going to play. And it would not surprise me if in the next 48 hours, if this thing gets – more out of control in baseball that some NFL players decide um, that's it for me too. And that is my bigger concern. Um, you know, I can, I can live without baseball. I don't want to, but you know, if, if uh, you know, I think this has far reaching ramifications beyond the St. Louis Cardinals, unfortunately, but to get to your game today, um, at 10, I would have liked the over in this game. But I don't know how you don't, other than the fact that it almost looks too easy. You know, Newcomb didn't look great last week either. And one of the, you know, he, he pitched three to third innings, gave up three hits and only struck out one, walked two. Uh, that's a concern. But what what one of the angles I'm always looking at is is teams that face the same pitcher a week or two later, uh, they tend to uh, – it tends to go the other way. You know, the Mets just uh, didn't do overly well against them. The Braves absolutely crushed Porcello. And, you know, people would look at that and say that's going to happen again. And, and it might. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think that the Braves will crush Porcello as badly as they did. Uh, I do think – the Mets will fare better than they did last week, only because they just saw Newcomb. And I'm a little leery, you know, when I looked at that game, I said, you know, the Braves at home, minus 130, they're starting to play well. Their bullpen has been pitching pretty well. Uh, the Mets bullpen has been not pitching pretty well. I mean, matter of fact, they think they've, they've already blown two saves this year. You know, so I, part of me wonders if that Braves minus 130 isn't just a little bit too easy uh, but I just don't think at any price there's any way I could possibly take the Mets. I just I just can't do it right now. 
Uh, again, you know, the Mets are traveling and I've been very leery of road teams, especially with this COVID thing going on. You know, they, you know, people, people laughed at me, but I've won three or four games this year because it's the, the team's first game in, away and not in their own little bubble, if you will. So I don't think there's any way I can take the Mets. And, and, and so I, I guess I got to come down on the brazen over as, as square as it may be. And one of the things that people are either new or are learning or should learn, especially in the NBA, uh, the MLB right now, and, and, and we'll find out whether it's the NBA or not, is, you know, line moves don't really matter a whole lot. You know, I had a game, I think it was last night. Yeah, it was last night. Well, they all run together. When I had the Indians over the Twins, and the Twins uh, were prohibitive favorites by the time that game went off, and so you would think, oh, the sharp money, that moved 30, 40 cents. Well, Twins end up not scoring a run, and Cleveland cashed a bet. So, you know, line moves are relatively meaningless, and I wouldn't ignore them. But by the same token, um, don't let them talk you off of what you want to do. So I'm talking myself into the Braves and over, Sleepy. That was actually quite interesting how you talked yourself right into that one, Uncle Dave. I think one of the things that we should probably look at for this game, Uncle Dave, is if we can't come up with at least for those of us that are on the fence with this game. We know the result of the last time these teams played, and it looks like you know it potentially could be a long outing for maybe the bullpen. Maybe go ahead and take a look at the bullpens, You know what they did yesterday. I know both of those actual scores with the Mets and the Atlanta Braves games were actually quite low. So I think that that's one angle you can certainly take. But one of the things I would probably do for this game, Uncle Dave, just because I'm on the fence here, it would either be over for me just because, yeah, it seems too easy, and that would be, you know, a lot of, you know, perception from from the last time these teams played. But I would probably go ahead and try to isolate certain players that really felt good and looked good, you know, going into that game last week and performed well against those opposing pitchers. So maybe that's the way that I'll go ahead and attack this game. But if I had to pick a side, I, I would more than likely go ahead and take Atlanta um, at home. But again, you know, Newcomb to me, you know, he, he looked intimidated out there. And that's one of the reasons why I can't back them because I know Porcello's used to getting bopped around. You know, he's gotten crushed, you know, many a times before in his career. But Newcomb's kind of a, you know, he's a new guy. He's, he's a young guy and he, he might not take those lumps all that well. At least I know Porcello knows how to come back from, you know, getting his rear end kicked because, I mean, he stinks. But, you know, if, if there is a guy that I think could rebound better in this situation, you know, might be the guy who has experience of getting lumped, uh, you know, time after time and, and coming back and actually being able to pitch a half decent game. So that wraps up that one there, Uncle Dave. As I mentioned, the total there, 10 and a half. Atlanta right now sitting at around minus 130. We do have one more game that we're going to preview here, Uncle Dave. Dave, this is a, a team that I've been riding the last, I would say, since the beginning of the season, actually. San Diego Padres. They're going to have Richards on the mound. They're going to go into Colorado. Finally get some games here in Colorado. John Gray will be on the mound. Right now, San Diego, about a lukewarm favorite, right around minus 108. I think uh, Colorado, uh, actually, but last time I checked, like probably like 20 minutes ago, they were they were a lukewarm favorite right around minus 105. So uh, I guess it's going to depend on what book you shop at. But total right now, 11 and a half. What have you seen from both of these teams, Uncle Dave? I haven't seen a whole lot of Colorado, to be honest with you. Um, I think a lot of it's because they've been on the road. But what have you seen from both of these teams? What do you expect from them today for this game? 
Well, I'm looking at that line with, uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. You know, the Rockies opened up about minus 120, and, you know, it seems to me that in spite of a lot of the tickets, like I think right now about 70% of the tickets are on the Rockies, the money is, uh, the line is moving towards uh, the Padres. And I'm inclined to disagree with that. I'm inclined to like the Rockies for a couple of reasons. You know, I, I like Garrett Richards, don't get me wrong. Um, he looked good last week. But you know, who did he pitch against? He pitched against Arizona. We know Arizona has been playing pitiful. Um, now let's look at what the Padres have done. You know, They just won two of three from San Francisco and three of four from Arizona. Well, in San Francisco, they gave up 17 runs to the Giants. That's fairly hard to do. Matter of fact, they gave up seven runs last night without giving up a home run, and they struck out 15 times. That was like last night, night before last. So that tells me that maybe the Padres are a little overrated based on who they've played. Then I look at the Rockies, and this is the Rockies' first game in Colorado. They have won four of five, so I think maybe they're on the uptick. And I know uh, they, they they won two games in Oakland, which, you know, i got to give them kudos for that. Their bullpen has looked really good, whereas the Padres' bullpen has looked really bad. So I am going to go with the uh, Colorado Rockies in that one, Sleepy. I mean, that's another one that, you know, the line is, is, is moving and looking like sort of sharp money, if you will, on the Padres, but, you know, it's early. If I can get the Rockies at home at basically minus 105 right now, I think that's more than doable, so that's what I'm going to do. You know, when I looked at that game, Uncle Dave, the first thing that I noticed, Colorado Rockies have only given up nine runs in five games. I mean, you're talking less than two ERA, and as you mentioned, the bullpen has been absolutely lights out for the Rockies. I mean, I'm actually surprised that, you know, after five games of that, that, that lineup, that rotation has only given up nine runs. That That is quite surprising. You know, one of the things I, I like to do is I like to play teams going into Colorado on their first game. But you mentioned it, Uncle Dave, with the Padres, their bullpen. I mean, last night I was on the edge of my seat. I had the Padres last night, premium play, on the run line. They're up 6-2. Bullpen comes in, and they just give up the lead. I mean, they give up three runs, and they give up another two. Before I know it, it's 6-6. And then they're losing the game at some point, I think. I think they were losing. And then they end up going on a tear of the Padres in, I don't know if it was the 10th inning or the 11th. It was it was extra innings, I believe, where they end up, you know, putting up like five or six runs. So that, that was a little bit of a concern. But I think more than anything, Uncle Dave, is, you know, it's got to be a letdown for the Padres, you know, the way that they won that game last night. I mean, they almost blew it, and it was like they were cruising – and they were going. They were going to win the game regardless of the fact. And then it was like, oh no, here goes the bullpen. And it was like, what the hell happened? I'm sitting. I was freaking out, and I was. I was like getting really pissed because you know the Padres. I think have done it two days in a row where the bullpen just hasn't looked good. And I had a couple bullpen losers already this year. You know how that goes. But no, I would agree with you here, Uncle Dave. Maybe we do go ahead and back the Rockies once that pitching slows down. You know, I, I think maybe we can go ahead and play against them. And the fact that they're at home. I think that's going to be a good thing for them. And if you got Gray on the mound, probably one of their better pitchers. I think Gray is probably the guy that you want pitching in Colorado 
Uh, he might have the lowest ERA out of all that out of, out of that entire staff um, at home over the last, you know, going back to last year. So I'd agree. Yeah, I, I think maybe it. I don't know if it's sharp money coming in here on the Padres. Maybe it's just people that are getting lucky cashing tickets because of you know what happened the last two days with that team. But I, I would tend to agree with you here. I'd probably go ahead and, and play the Rockies and stay away from the Padres because how many times could I keep going to the well? And cashing tickets and getting lucky. So, yeah. so you got anything else for that game, before, Uncle Dave? Before we wrap it up and get into the NBA, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, you talked about your Padres bet last night, and, and kudos for finally cashing that. I know that uh, your blood pressure went a little higher than it probably needed to, but the Padres are now going to play their eighth game in eight days, and they traveled from uh, Arizona to San Francisco. Uh, excuse me, they opened up at home with Arizona. And they just played three in San Francisco. Now they're flying again to Colorado. So, you know, the whole flying thing, I think that makes the team very tentative. And, again, eight, eight games in eight days, which, you know, everybody's going to be doing that, assuming baseball continues. The Rockies had yesterday off. So, you know, the more I, the more I talk this through, the more I think I'm betting on the Rockies sleepy. Well, I certainly won't talk you out of that one, Uncle Dave. I, I tend to agree with you there. Not so sure about the total. Something just tells me go ahead and play the over. I don't know why. I think it's just because I like when they play in Colorado, and I haven't seen a game in Colorado, you know, in, in quite some time. And I know how bad that Padres, you know, bullpen has been. And and I'm, I guess I'm expecting the Rockies pitching to kind of just fall apart here at some point or another because that just happens. But you know, I know that they've been hitting the ball rather well, and the Padres have actually been hitting the ball rather well as well. And and I, I still have this little conspiracy theory that. MLB brought out the juiced baseballs for this season, but but that's just me thinking, you know, like sleepy. But let's jump over to the NBA, Uncle Dave, to talk about that. We do have a bunch of games going on today, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to focus on the early game. So for those of you guys who are listening as early, you have some early action to go ahead and wager on. Uncle Dave, I want to talk Magic and the Nets. This is going to be a game that starts at 2.30 this afternoon, and we will have a bunch of NBA games that have, you know, a lot of afternoon time starts. And there are actually two today, Uncle Dave, that do start at four. Magic going to go, I guess you could say they're a home favorite here, Uncle Dave, being that they're playing in Orlando. Magic are minus seven, total to 11. I've seen some money coming in here on the under, Uncle Dave. Not too surprising being that both games last night went under by a decent amount. I'll let you go ahead and rock and roll with that game first, Uncle Dave. What are you thinking? Well, I like the under, and I, I can't not. And I actually, I bet it a while back, and not necessarily because of the games last night. You know, I'm, I'm a little leery now because everybody's going to be hammering unders, and, and this game will be 115 to 110. But, you know, you have to think Orlando just wins this game without too much trouble. I mean, Brooklyn looked really bad in their scrimmages, if you will. You know, if you look at guys that are out uh, just for quote-unquote COVID reasons, Beasley's out, Chandler's out, Jordan's out, Dinwiddie's out, Prince is out, and now they're looking at Claxton being out, Kyrie's out, Durant's out. So who is playing for Brooklyn, and how are they going to score? And Orlando is not an up-tempo team. They tend to play fairly methodical. They, they, they play very good defense. You know, it looks like they're going to have – people playing that maybe we didn't think we were going to play. Aaron Gordon's supposed to play. Uh, Fultz is upgraded to probable now. 
Isaac is probable now. So, you know, I don't know how you don't take Orlando, but that line has gotten a little bit out of control. I still think, you know, Orlando wins. Orlando may win handily, but Orlando is also not one of those teams that's going to want to put up 125 points. So I, I'm inclined to agree with the under. Uh, and as much as I don't want a, ba- a bad line, uh, I think Orlando may win that game handily. Um, I just think the Nets suck. I mean, and I think they sucked before, and now um, they're going to be playing with replacement players for the replacement players. So, you know, I, I just don't see it. None. I, I just don't see any way the game goes over, uh, and I don't see any way Orlando doesn't beat the living shit out of them. You know, I, I was thinking about the game, Uncle Dave, and I'm looking at the at the Nets roster. And, and we've known, you know, for weeks that there were going to be multiple guys out like Dinwiddie and Jordan, Prince, Beasley, this guy, that guy. I mean, it just turned into a, an absolute train wreck, you know, for the Nets. But then I'm looking at their roster. I'm like, all right, so you got Joe Harris. You got Jared Allen. You got Tyler Johnson coming off the bench. You, you know, you signed Jamal Crawford basically off the street. You know, you have Garrett Temple. Guy, I mean, they, they've played a lot. And then I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, you know what? Lavert, that's the guy. That's the guy I'm going to go ahead and use today. I'm going to use him in a, in a player prop. He'll probably shoot the ball 20, 30 times. I mean, on any given night, even when you have Dinwiddie out there and Jordan, that team's filled and, and they're and they're doing their thing. And he could still score 25, 30 points. So I don't see any reason why we just don't go ahead and play Lavert over. I know it will be a slower paced game. But this guy is basically going to be, you know, the one-man show. He's going to be like that Russell Westbrook when there's nobody surrounding him. And it's like, okay, go out and shoot the ball 35 times. That's going to be Levert's deal tonight. And I also think going ahead and maybe taking a look at somebody like Joe Harris with his player prop might be a good way to look. Now, you can go ahead and you could get Levert right now over 24 and a half. Look, I know it's a lot of a lot of points for a guy like Levert, and you might not think that he can score that much, but I can tell you he can. And I would not be shocked if he went for like 40 points tonight. And I wouldn't be shocked if Joe Harris goes, you know, into the 20s. Joe Harris right now is like 14 and a half for his over. And, you know, I would recommend playing those two players over because I don't think there's really anybody else on that team that can consistently go ahead and shoot the ball decent, you know, with the guys that are on right now on, on their slate. I mean, there's like I said, there's Jamal Crawford. Uh, you got Tyler Johnson and Temple. Like I can tell you right now, Levert's not going to pass the ball up a whole hell of a lot. You know, he's going to end up shooting. And, and Joe Harris, he's a guy that's, you know, he's been starting for, he's been starting with that team the entire year pretty much. And and he he doesn't really get to shoot a whole lot. And one thing about Joe Harris, he was in the three-point contest. So, you know, maybe we go ahead and look at his three-pointers over as well. We'll see. But that's the way I'm kind of looking at that one, Uncle Dave. My, my gut feeling says... I'd be on the opposite side of you thinking that the Nets probably go out and get their rear ends kicked. I know that one of the things that they've talked about, you know, over the last couple of days is how important these two games are to them, because if they can manage to go ahead and squeeze out a win or two, they might actually avoid the play in game where, you know, if you have to finish like four games ahead or something crazy like that, the way it's set up and look, the Nets could go out and they could lose every game. I mean, their team is just really that bad right now. But I have a feeling they just throw the kitchen sink at a team like Orlando. And maybe they can keep it within the number. I don't know. You know, maybe that line shouldn't be seven. Maybe it should be 17. And I guess we're going to end up finding out. But I don't want to find out the hard way. I think the best bets for me, Uncle Dave, in that one is to go ahead and play those two 
nets over their point total. And I think at worst case, I probably end up splitting. Somebody's got to score, and they don't have anybody else to go and fill in on the bench. I mean, are they really going to play Jamal Crawford coming off the street for 35, 36 minutes today? And I just don't think that that's going to happen. So nets are going to go all out, and they're going to play today. I'm going to get points from those two guys. I could pretty much guarantee that. Uncle Dave, you got anything else you want to go ahead and chime in here for the Nets? Or you got anything else from, uh, you know, from yesterday that you saw with the NBA? You know, it, it was, uh, you know, it was a long, it was a long stretch, Uncle Dave, without without basketball. Kind of depressing. But did you notice anything, Uncle Dave, with the restart yesterday that that you haven't really seen before? You know, going back to like the regular season. No, I mean it's just sloppier. I mean, there's and which is to be expected. You know, they haven't had ridiculous competition. But you know, as we're talking, I do see, and I will. I will segue back to baseball because this will be interesting. I don't think you've seen this either, but the news out of Philadelphia where the Marlins have been holed up for about a week, they're getting sleeper buses to take the infected people back to Miami. That's a long ride. Now, apparently, the rest, the healthy ones, will stay and then head to Baltimore, New York, and Buffalo for uh, a really long road trip, so... I guess they're not giving up yet. I guess, you know, the Marlins are going to play with with uh, replacement players for the replacement players, I guess. So, you know, maybe there's some good value on the Marlins coming up down the road. I don't know. We'll have to see who they have and who they don't have. But, you know, it's a sign of the time, man. And an NBA team that's holed up for, for four days in a hotel in Philadelphia, uh, now they're getting bust like a minor league team all the way back down to Miami. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I guess they should just charter them a plane. I mean, if they're on a bus for, you know, 18 or 20 hours, I would say that's just as much of a breeding ground as it would be to put the the same group of people on a plane for two and a half hours. But I don't know. You know, not a lot of this makes sense sometimes, but that's where we're at right now. And I guess, uh, you know, the question of the day is going to be, uh, what's going to happen in Minnesota and, uh, with today's MLB game? As far as the NBA, you know, I think it's it's too soon to to really tell uh, it, what's different, other than the fact that you know both underdogs covered last night and both favorites were clearly the public side. So you know, better beware. Which made me think, you know, maybe the Nets plus seven is a good thing. As long as it stays under, I'll be okay. But I think we're going to continue to see sloppiness for a while. Uh, and it'll only get sloppier when some of these teams that have some hope but know they're going to be going home no matter what. And I think some of those teams will end up playing a lot of people, much like some of the baseball teams are playing. You know, it seems like the, the Royals come to mind to where they've used a lot of pitchers in, in situations where they really didn't have to make a change. So i got to wonder if the Royals and some of these other teams aren't using this 60-game season as an extended spring training, uh, knowing that they're not going to be playing in the World Series no matter what, and, you know, and I don't blame them. And, uh, you know, as I, as I, as I speak, uh, another Marlins player was tested positive. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, you know, just be, you know, people laughed at me, I think, when we were taping these pods a few weeks ago when I, I sort of, I used this pandemic as a fairly significant part of my handicap. And, you know, you have to, especially in baseball. And I think you can, uh, when 
some of these other sports like football start playing and you know if and when they start playing i mean it, it is a big deal and you know it, it obviously affects who does and who doesn't play but i think the mindset of the team i mean it's like like we're talking about the padres you know they flew to uh play the giants in san francisco which you know flying anywhere right now is you know probably an unnerving situation now they fly to colorado I mean, you can't tell me I, I, that that doesn't affect teams. So, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm using the pandemic as a large part of my handicap, all things being equal, and I will eventually do that probably in the NBA because, you know, in as much as they're in a bubble and we haven't had a problem yet, I mean, I don't see how they don't get one problem at some point, uh, and it, that one problem won't be enough to cancel games because they've they've done a really good job, but by the same token, um, they can't be super, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, I mean, they can't be super, super not concerned that something could happen. I mean, I, I think they don't have a false sense of security there. So, you know, it's a big deal, but while they're playing, I think there's a lot of money to be made and, and we just have to be patient and do it. You know, I'm, I'm Larry. I bet some of these NBA games a couple of weeks ago, you know, lines haven't moved a whole lot. I was fairly comp- confident in that. But, you know, I, I almost wish I'd have waited even longer to bet, which I've done with baseball and done well. But, you know, I, I just I just think any any betting conversation almost has to start and end with the COVID and, and, and what happens on the field is almost secondary right now. You know, Uncle Dave. Once this whole you know thing kind of broke out, it was we kind of just shifted to handicapper mentality, and, and we knew that that the coronavirus was going to wreak havoc in some way, shape, or form. Had we got sports back, and, and you and I, you know, we we go back to our podcasts, and you know, we we've tried to dissect, you know, just coronavirus in a sense of you know what it could do to games, what it could do to teams. And then we had to start using it, you know, as a handicapping method and say, you know, what does this do? And, and you know, how can we take advantage of this? And, you know, we, we've actually, you know, we, we've come out of the blocks here in NBA and baseball, you know, rather well. And I think a lot of it was due to, you know, we took that serious, but we understood that there were going to be a lot of different things that were going to happen, you know, within, within these games that, you know, we could end up making profit on and we didn't just sit back on our asses and go, yeah, all right, coronavirus, hopefully we get sports back. And, and then we just start digging into the numbers from last year. And it was like, you know, that's only going to get you in, in serious trouble. And it's not like we've ever dealt with this before. But we understand that there are certain circumstances that arise, you know, throughout sports, you know, throughout the years. And, and we've learned our lessons, you know, um, not taking, you know, certain things serious. And, and it ends up costing in the long run. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad and proud proud of ourselves that we that we took the time to sit and and talk you know a lot of it was off air a lot of you know just me and you just bullshitting throughout the day and being like you know what that that makes sense and that's something we should definitely go ahead and and put down on paper because you know that 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 might be you know a big factor and a lot of things we've talked about you know are are coming true and i think one of the things that that i hope um does not come true you know that major league baseball ends up with this snowball effect where you know let's say that they do have to go ahead and cancel a ton of games, or maybe they do have to shut it down for, for two weeks. You know, that's only going to make the NBA, you know, have a ton of pressure on the NBA. If, if something happens there where, you know, maybe they end up with a couple guys, it's like, Oh, and then you're going to end up with the, 
you know, the whole cancel culture talking about, you know, shut it all down, shut it all down. And, you know, I just hope that, 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 you know, those things don't happen. So I just hope everybody's, you know, doing their thing and, and enjoying playing baseball. But I'll tell you what, if I were the Miami Marlins right now, if I was one of those infected players, I mean, give them credit. And, and you know, you want to talk about having some courage. I mean, you got to have a little bit of courage to go out there and, and put your, I guess, you know, you, I guess you could say they're putting their lives on the line in a sense, but you know, to have to go ahead and sit on a freaking bus. I know how long it takes to drive from Philadelphia to Florida, especially deep Florida. Um, you're talking a good 21, 22 hours. And that's if you can, you know, haul ass and go all the way through with, you know, very minimal stopping for gas to take a leak or something like that. But that's a lot. That's a long ride. And I wouldn't be shocked if some Miami players who, you know, might not need the money might say, when I get back to Miami, that's a wrap. I'm done. I'm not playing. So I wouldn't be shocked if that ends up coming out um, when, when some of those Marlins, because I mean, how many guys are infected, Uncle Dave, like 19 or 20 right now? Well, I think 18 or 19. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that, you know, I was texting AJ Hoffman as we were taping this. And I don't know if you and I even talked about this, but I, I was thinking right away that this is going to affect football because you're going to get a lot of those football players that might've been sitting on the fence that are going to see this and say, well, you know, F it, you know, I'm just not going to play. And I no sooner got the words out of my mouth than two guys on the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals just said, uh, I'm not playing. So, so I think this is only the beginning, buddy. Yeah. I don't know how football is going to do it. Uncle Dave. I think that there's, I hate to say it, but if baseball continues on the way that it's continuing on and, and if they do try to go ahead and get through this, half the league is going to end up being immune to the coronavirus the way that it's going. And I think at some point, you know, with just the proximity of how, how football is played, I could just see that just turn into an absolute shit show where it's the entire team has it, um, the cheerleaders, the staff, whoever. I could just – it's going to be tough. The more I think about it and the more I think about it, I'm hoping and praying we can get football in, but it might just turn into this disaster where, you know, if baseball can get through it and maybe the NBA will have their problems and they'll get through it, you know, maybe the NFL will push through it. We don't know, but NFL and college football just, it seems sketchy to me right now because, you know, we'll see the difference of what a bubble looks like and, and what it doesn't look like. You know, with with baseball right now not being in a bubble and NBA being in the bubble. So we'll see what it's going to look like. And if it looks really bad, I just think that there's just way too much, way too much contact in football for contamination where, you know, we we could end up seeing a a pretty nasty situation in football. But, you know what, maybe they'll end up with herd immunity, too, at some point. Who knows? We'll 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 keep following, keep following the news here, Uncle Dave, and and hope that everybody's uh, you know, staying healthy and, and doing her thing. But that's it, guys. That's it for our podcast. Uncle Dave and I, we did not expect to go this long. We thought we would be able to rip and run. But once again, Uncle Dave and I sitting down talking shop, and that's what you get. That's the result. So with that said, you guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. And you can always get Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.